All right, here we are with Getting Buff, the podcast where I try and get Shia Buff to hang out with me in real life. We've got Lauren Howard here for episode number two, where we talk about the first pilot episode of Even Stevens. As even as Steven is. Lauren Howard uh, comes to us from Harvard University. He is the resident Shia LaBeouf expert. And um, so, you know, his knowledge is really uh, invaluable. And uh, we're happy to have him. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited here to uh, talk about uh, the Swap.com, the the infamous debut episode, pilot episode of Even Stevens. That's right. And in this episode, we see Shia LaBeouf playing Louis Stevens, who wants this very cool Roaring Drycon uh, trading card. And this other, this young man who's very stinky and covered in mustard, he's got the card, and he wants one thing, and that is to go on a date with Ren Stevens, Lewis's older sister. How do you feel about uh, selling a human being in order to get a cool trading card? I was a huge fan of Pokemon cards. Uh, I traded a few humans in my day. I, <laughs> I think it's totally justified. Um, uh, yeah, you know, just flashback to, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, yeah, good shit, uh, good card, you know? Despite, <laughs> despite being, it did look like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah, it looked exactly, just like a Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. card. It's like Blue Eyes White Dragon. It, yeah, it absolutely does. Spit it. Um, and it's interesting that you being a Shia LaBeouf expert, have, you've never seen an episode of Even Stevens before. Yeah, I've never seen this, and it didn't have, uh, any right to be as good as it was. Yeah, it's an incredible show. We'll have to keep watching some more. But, so... Should we break it down? Yeah, let's, let, yeah, chop this thing up. So it's got the cool claymation intro. That was sweet. Yeah, I think that the, I think that you would find that a lot more in, like, early Disney shows. Like, they would, like, or, like, even, um, what was Hilary Duff's show? Lizzie McGuire. So in Lizzie McGuire, did you ever watch that? Resident secretary yeah. <laughs> Natalie DeLine from Harvard uh, coming in from the side. Natalie's hitting us with the facts. Um, did you ever watch Lizzie McGuire? I probably did. I was much much too small of a human. Yeah, they would have like, um, like cut through the episode. It would be like random animated bits for like her reacting to situations. So like she wouldn't show her actual reaction in the scene. It would like cut to like her getting hit over the head with like an anvil or something like sure. that. Sure. <laughs> and so yeah, like a lot of those shows would do the stuff like that where they would just cut in animation. So but it's always nice to see a little stop motion claymation. But um yeah, what do you think of that theme song? I forgot it already. Yeah. It, it was probably fine. <laughs> it's a good one. It's probably fine. It's, it's a slap. It slaps. When it happened, I didn't complain about it. I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's a Bon Jovi song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We got to get Bon Jovi on more theme songs. Um. So yeah. So, so what's next? It, it it goes into the classroom and he's typing away on some sketchy computer. Yeah, and uh, talking about how much. He convinces the teacher, not so well, that he, like, loves Asia. He loves Asia. Well, for some reason, the teacher's going off about Afghanistan, which yeah, is really no, it's weird. Yeah, it's, like, the most exciting... One of the most exciting yeah. countries in Asia. Very strange. Um, and then he's texting... He's, he's messaging a kid who's three seats away from him on another computer, which I, I was confused about at first, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it seems like he's just talking to somebody on the internet, but it's just a guy really close to... Yeah, it's just, to, like, this greasy kid who's yeah, three seats away, just like... like snacking on pork rinds. It's fucking obnoxious, <laughs> like, obnoxiously, like, munching them, too, yeah. Very greasy. And then he wants a sister, which was unexpected. 
Um, yeah, because she is the popular girl at school, and he's just like unsurprisingly not the coolest dude in the world, but is also a dick. Like, yeah, he's just like gross and not like doesn't seem to be like smart or like funny or cool in any way, and is a jerk. Yeah, he has it's hard no to feel bad for him. Qualities, yeah, and so uh, Lewis convinces Ren because she she's like, oh, you know, I really want nothing more than to. Uh, you know, be the number one volunteer person. No, she's like a total self-centered bitch and like she wants the most community service hours and some other popular girls got more. She's got like three more hours. So like <laughs> Lewis is like, yeah, just like spend four hours at the mall with this grease ball and like <laughs> you'll get community service. But it's all just like a ploy. Like she's not going to she doesn't end up getting the, the hours from it. Yeah, because he dupes her and convinces her that there's an adopt-a-friend program, which absolutely <laughs> does not exist. And this happens immediately after he not only completely forgets her birthday, does not buy her anything, and then eats a bunch of the cake. Donnie, their brother, is a real hero, though, and did get his sister birthday presents, and is a series of framed photographs of himself doing different tasks. Like baseball, like pumping yeah, iron. Yeah, just sitting on a on a rock on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he doesn't get her anything. The family is unsurprised, yet disappointed. And uh, he's like, no, it's coming. It doesn't just, you know, I ordered it on the internet. Which is kind of true, but it's not like it was coming in the mail, because the kid... Gives it to him in person in the fucking episode. So. Well, and it wasn't for her either. It was just yeah, a card true. that was <laughs> that's for him. True, that's true. His birthday present to her was something for him. Yeah. And so they do. So he convinces her pretty slyly. Louis Stevens, a pretty smart kid, convinces her to go Shia to the, <laughs> to go to the mall with uh, with this kid. And um, he's almost foiled. With Ta- Tawny shows up, um, and she ends up becoming a reoccurring character. She's like. The third musketeer to Shia LaBeouf and that actor, AJ, who plays a char- the, his best friend. Oh, okay. The kid from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they become like a three musketeer type thing. But uh, she almost foils it because she comes up to Ren and Ernie and are like, ooh, what are you guys on a date? And uh, Lewis has been hiding in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come get a corn dog with me. Well, it's like, and they do the... In these shows, they're doing, like, they'll fast-paced, like, a, like you know, a few seconds and just put, like, a goofy noise. So he goes from the bush to just in between them, like, wicked quick, and it's like, goobly, goobly, goobly. Yeah. like, some, like, bone, bone fucking noise or something, like. Well, I was thinking, too, about, like, they do, they often do that, like, zoom, like, sped up for, like, push in on the camera, but it's always, like, zigzagged, so that realistically, one second of time in the show must have taken like a fair amount of time to film because you have to like slowly adjust the Back camera and forth, yeah, yeah. To, to get that effect and so like filming that 22 minute show probably takes like two or three days like yeah easily that. well when you got Shia LaBeouf on set it's always a pleasure oh he's hit, he's hitting every note you know <laughs> he's non-stop well have you checked out Honey Boy I mean I don't want to get too much into Honey Boy because uh, we're gonna do I, Dylan has told about me about Honey Boy like fucking nineteen times. And it's so it's it. so good, but like, um, so like a lot of Shia's like over the tops st- like acting in this show comes from his dad who was like a circus clown, and like they lived in a motel together, and he would just like force him to like be do all this like goofy shit, and so like that's where a lot of those like 
he has like a lot of over the top reactions on a lot a lot of the time, and it's like specifically because his dad would be like, "You need to fucking make this face, like, or I'm gonna hit you again." Jesus Christ! But uh, clown dad. Yeah. So you see, like throughout the series, like a lot of just like crazy over the top reactions. Donnie, I brought it up when we were watching it. Donnie Stevens, jock, and I believe senior in high school. While we see him at home with the family, not really ever at school. Don't know what that guy's doing. Probably sports, I'm guessing. But he's not often in the school. He's also very much an adult man. (laughs) So it's very strange that they're just like, he's in high school instead of like, he's at college. Yeah, it's a little hard to reconcile. Nah, he's a senior, but he's just never at school. Also, the rumor of even or of Ren dating Ernie spreads really quickly to what I'm sure is a very large school because I'm pretty sure they live in Washington D.C. Because the mom, <laughs> like the dad's a lawyer and the mom's a senator, and so I didn't pick that up at all. Probably in more episodes to yeah, come. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they didn't talk about like what the deal is, but like the mom was wearing like a suit, jacket, pant combo thing or whatever. She's like a fancy pants like. Lawyer person, or literal, I mean senator. Literal fancy pants. Yeah, they're the fanciest blue pants in town. <laughs> uh, so that school is like probably fucking huge, and but immediately everyone's just like, "Fuck, Red Stevens, yeah. you gross bitch." She walks in and every person is laughing and talking about it. It's not even like trying to be like a few people every so often. It's like, like every <laughs> single fucking person is just looking at me like, "Oh, yeah, you're pointing the crazy and laughing." Kid. But the the mall experience was really good. Uh, Ernie. The greasy kid was dual wielding hot dogs. Chili dogs. Oh, chili dogs. <laughs> yeah, got in it one all over ha- his In face. one hand. Um, <laughs> when he shows up, his shirt is just absolutely covered in dirt and mustard. And it just goes on like that for the whole fucking shoot. It's great. Um, he also has that like classic, like schlubby look of like, he's got one half of it tucked in for like no <laughs> yeah. reason. Um, he had like a Jack White haircut almost, but yeah. much greasier. Yeah. It's like Jack White, like anime kid, like. Uh, shout out Paul Matarusso. Paul Matarusso like had that hairdo intentionally for a lot of years, but that kid is kind of like, like the Cure guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Did you know Robert Smith was like supposed to be like an interim lead singer? Like the Cure, ha- they, I didn't. They had a different name, and then the lead singer quit, and so Robert Smith. Or, no. Yeah. <laughs> is that his fucking name? I think that's his name. Natalie, you're the expert. What's the lead singer of The Cure's name? Robert Smith. Yeah, Robert, she knows. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was like, all right, we'll change the name of the band to The Cure, and I'll just sing until we find a good lead singer. But, like, his vocals are, like, a huge part of, like, why The Cure's good. Yeah, no, he's a total sweetheart. I love so it's Cure. crazy that he was like, yeah, I guess I'll just fuck around for right now until we find somebody that's <laughs> worthwhile. Have you seen him lately? Yeah. He's, like, old but still dressing the same For some reason, like, the guy from the Melvins and Robert Smith, when they're old men, when I look at them, they just are the same man in my brain for some reason. (laughs) I don't don't know why. It's the silly hair. Yeah. Um, Okay. Shia LaBeouf. The the plan uh, is spoiled, right? Uh, What the fuck happens after she gets made fun of? Yeah, well, no. So the the plan is eventually foiled because she did the whole thing to get the community service hours. And she goes to the principal and is like, oh, yo, yeah. I did it. Like, I'm the winner. Fuck everybody. <laughs> I'm the number one community service person. Like, that fucking matters. But, you know, I'm sure she's trying to get into a good college. But the principal's like, yeah, you would have won if adopt a friend was a fucking thing. And then, so she knows that this is all a ruse and uh, confronts Lewis. 
who's hanging on the back of his door for some reason by the back of his shirt. Yeah, he just chills like that. No, I think she put him there. Well, no, she comes in and she doesn't find him the first time because he's up there, I thought. And then she, like, Here, leaves. Let's... So, yeah, he... <laughs> so, so the principal tells her that it was all a ruse. She talks to Ernie, who now has... Because when they were in the mall... She was like, you know what, this kid is just a little stink bug and I don't like him, but I'm going to be nice and we'll take some pictures in a little photo booth together. So now Ernie has these pictures of them together and is telling the whole school, like, I went on a date with this pretty girl, like, I'm the man now, everyone respect me. And so in a real clear, like, misogynistic fashion, people are like, Ernie, you're so cool, <laughs> while simultaneously being like, Ren, you're so gross. Yeah. Um, and so she's upset and she goes home and wants to confront Lewis. She's unable to find him, however, because he's hung himself up on a coat rack on his door by his shirt in an attempt to hide, which does immediately work. Um, and she opens the door and doesn't see him and exits and the door swings back shut and he looks, takes a long, hard look <laughs> in the mirror, a, uh, full size mirror in his room and says, Man, tell 20 or 30 lies, and all of a sudden you're the bad guy. <laughs> Which, yes, you... And you there's go. a photo, there's like a, a portrait of Kramer uh, hanging next to him <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, that stays... His, his room, the more you watch, the more you find out he's got a very cool room. Um, but he is he's eventually confronted. Uh, but he has done the right thing, and he traded that Roaring Drycon card for... I can't imagine how much money that thing was worth. Or, like... Where he found a place to trade it in, because like there must have been a nerd at the jewelry store who's like a fucking rock. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, like that jewelry store is the only business that they really show at the mall because the most of their mall experience is them just walking aimlessly around the mall, and he managed to get some chili dogs at some point. <laughs> but like aside from that, you don't really see stores until she starts like breathily window shopping at the jewelry store, which he gets. I don't know how much these necklaces cost. I'm not. I'm not out here buying. Well, necklaces. so if it, in the details, down in the dirty details, on the computer screen in the opening scene where he's uh, talking or like looking at the card online, in the bottom right it says like estimated value at least one hundred and fifty dollars or some little like bullshit. Yeah. Like that. Okay. So we know the card is one hundred and fifty dollars, but then the next step is, did he sell the card to the hot dog vendor? Or did he trade it at the jewelry store for the <laughs> necklace? Because at some point it needed to have been sold. But the necklace is like very fancy, has much diamond. Um, and it seems as though you couldn't get that for $150. But what the fuck do I know about uh, diamond necklaces? I think there's probably there's probably a trading card store in, uh, in the mall. I'm convinced the, the hot dog vendor is like a secret like card trader. He also prints them and shit, but uh, when he finds the real ones, he likes to buy them so he can, like, find out how to mimic them. Then he, like, sells them all to he's little kids. He's selling bootleg. <laughs> yeah, he's selling bootleg ones. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what I noticed, too? They never bothered to come up with a, like, so the card is a Roaring Drycon card, but they never, like, this is a Battleman card. You know, there's, like, no name for that game. It's a, it's a MacGuffin. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. It's a MacGuffin. It's uh the card doesn't matter. Oh, the cat just turned on the metronome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just looked it up, too. $150 in 1999. $234, $234 today. Inflation's a bitch. 
Child Buff should have kept it. Um, I don't think... Well, I don't think that neck was probably $150. It was like... All right. But yeah. What is this? <laughs> Hold on. I don't know anymore. Wait a second. I don't have any buttons clicked. I'm trying to... Uh... <laughs> Give me a second. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. It was just... This was turned up. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What the fuck? You got me all fucked up now. <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say. But yeah, Even Stevens, absolutely incredible show. Um, I want to thank Lauren for being on here. I feel like there was some shit I was going to fucking talk about. When did Even Stevens come out? Um, the original pilot was filmed in 99. Uh, it was called Spivey's Kid Brother or Spivy or something. And then Disney bought it, but changed it to Even Stevens. And... Um, it originally aired in 2000, but they filmed that pilot in 99. Where can we... We should try to get a... You gotta get, get somebody to watch the pilot with you. That we just did. Well, is this the pilot? Yeah, it's first episode. But, like... I don't know if that's the original pilot that they filmed. I doubt you can find that anywhere. Dude, that would be fucking a, a steal to get your hands on. Let me on. see. Let me Google this. But, yeah, so that... So it came out in 2000. Apparently, um... Like, Shia LaBeouf and Christy Carlson Romano that plays Ren are the only people to appear in every single episode. There's 65 episodes. Huh. Um, Not even their parents. Fuck you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> what the hell? I have a reputation at school. That's Ren. Sorry, I'm reading subtitles off the television. Oh, it looks like they, had, they filmed, like, flashback episode that was, uh... It's season one, episode 19, and that was, like, the footage they used for oh. the pilot. So it is in here. It's just not that episode. That's cool. They did that same thing with um, It's Always Sunny. Like, the pilot was originally, or, like, the shit that they sent out as a pilot was, like, um, that scene where uh, Glenn Howerton's character, Dennis, shows up and is like, I need a basketball. But Charlie's like, I have cancer. And he's like, oh, dude, that sucks. Like, can I get that basketball? <laughs> and so, but that's like way later in season one. It's not like the first episode that they use. Um, uh, Twin Peaks did something similar. Uh, when they originally filmed the first pilot for Twin Peaks, they had also like filmed an ending. Um, and then when they, they were going to release it as like a, a movie if people didn't like the show. Oh, uh, sure. And then they ended up using the pieces that they cut from, like, the full movie part um, and using it as, like, a dream sequence in, like, episode three uh, of Twin oh, Peaks. No shit. That's so cool. it's kind of funny. They literally, even Stevens is as artist artistically credible yeah. <laughs> as the renowned Twin Peaks. I've still never watched Twin Peaks. I'm currently wearing a Twin Peaks shirt. I did notice that. <laughs> I'm wearing a flannel I got from Walmart. Hell yeah. I think I've had a flannel that looked exactly like that in the past. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. And so... If you think of anything... I'm sorry, I blew our eardrums. That's all right, I'm not, I wasn't using them. Yeah, I think we covered it. So the only other thing, even Stevens, if you, if you want to be on this podcast, getting buff, I made this podcast, we're going to do probably... Uh, it's probably only going to be like 400 episodes. So if you want to be on it, you might want to get on it quick before I shut the thing down. Cause I'm just, you know, we're trying to get Shia LaBeouf to hang out. You know, he seems like such a great guy. Uh, so the podcast is called getting buff. If you want to be on it, you can hang out and we will we'll watch any Shia LaBeouf related thing in the whole world. Um, and we can just hang out and talk about it. Uh, much like you listen to today. So hit me up on 
call my phone, 603-477-9443. That goes to for you, Shia, too. Um, phone number 603-477-9443. Call me up, Shia, um, and we'll hang out and talk. And if you're Shia LaBeouf's cousin, please get in touch with us. Is Shia LaBeouf's cousin cool? No, I have no idea. I just assume if, if you're Shia LaBeouf's cousin, you might have his phone number. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you have Shia LaBeouf's phone number. <laughs> or his cousin's phone number. <laughs> Let me get that. Um, he did do that thing. Did you ever see, like, him and two other people sat in a room in England somewhere? And, like, you could, there's a phone number and you could call them and just talk about whatever you wanted. And they would, like, uh, they, like, live streamed it. So what you're saying is whoever comes on this podcast will be part of a long adventure to get Shia LaBeouf to come to Claremont, New Hampshire and uh, shoot the shit with us. Yeah, uh, I'm also willing, art. like, I know Shia is, like, busy, so I'm also willing to go to him. If I have to get a plane ticket and fly to Southern California, then I will do that. He's coming for you, Shia. I'm, I'm coming to get don't, you. Don't quote us on that. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to Getting Buff. We're out of here.